Hello everyone, Pastor Marco here. Just want to welcome you to our podcast. We're glad to be able to share God's word with you. Want to let you know that we have a brand new website, newlifesouthcoast.com. It's a great place to stay connected and involved in the life of the church. Listen, if you live in the area, come check out one of our Sunday morning services, 9.30 or 11.30. It's a powerful time, and we also have kids ministry for all ages. I believe this message is going to encourage you and challenge you today, but also make sure you share it with a friend who needs to hear the Word of God. Blessings. So I want to begin by reading the scripture to you out of Genesis. God said this right from the beginning. Um, he said, then the Lord God said, it is not good for men to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Okay, and then he goes on. Um, go ahead. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. Alas, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called, whoa, man, because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. So that's God's will for us to be in this relationship forever with somebody that is just right, he said. Right? But what's interesting is what I want to start with is today, the subtitle of today's talk is First Things First. Okay? We got to start somewhere, right? And if you, if you study the Bible, you realize that this didn't happen right away. Like God created Adam for a season. We don't know how long that season was. Some, some theologians, historians believe that Adam was alone for years before God brought Eve. There's a purpose to that. In other words, there's a purpose to being single first, right? Because a lot of times, you know, we, it's almost like the word single has become a curse word. But it's a powerful thing to realize, wait, he was there with God first. Like the most important relationship you will ever have is with your creator first. Then he said, it's not good for him to be alone. Like he said, now you need something a little bit more, right? Something more substantial than just me and you. But you need, this is your relationship with your creator, but you need a relationship with your peer. Can you say amen? So this is where I want the conversation to pick up is uh, we have to start from the beginning, right? And so... Uh, there's so many ways to look at this stuff. We want to look at it from a godly perspective. What does it mean to be single? I'm going to start with you. You're a single man. Um, so I'm going to let you kind of talk to us a little bit about that. Like from your perspective, what's your view of being single? What's going on, guys? You guys awake? You guys good? Awesome. Um, like Pastor Margo said, I am single. And um, what it means to be single uh, to me, what I've learned is that uh, it's a time of preparation. You know, it's a season of preparation. Um, and if, if you're not embracing your time of singleness, then it's hard to see that, you know, because you're always wanting more. You're always looking for the next thing. But when you really begin to embrace your, your singleness, you begin to see that it's a time of preparation. You know, uh, Pastor Steve, he has this uh, awesome analogy that he used for prayer and fasting at the beginning of this year. And he said, like, prayer and fasting... In those two weeks, you're preparing for a voyage. You know, you're preparing to go somewhere this year. You don't know what's going to happen, but in those two weeks, 
God's downloading into you, you know, the things that you'll need to last in this journey if you were going to, like, go on a voyage in a ship. And I think singleness is like that same thing where you're being prepared for a journey called life. You're being prepared for a journey that called a relationship, you know. And so it's in that singleness where you learn, where you get to fail. Like, I'm failing a lot. <laughs> but a- the co- Amen. <laughs> and he knows. <laughs> but the cool thing is that I get to fail. Like, this may sound weird, but I get to fail by myself. I get to learn by myself, you know. Um, I get to figure out what I like to do without having someone necessarily speak directly into that thing. You know what I mean? Because, um, like, failing is tough, but it's even worse when there's, like, someone next to you, you know. Um, and, and now your failure gets on them. And so the cool thing about being single and what I've learned is that I get to learn how to do life. I get to learn how to understand this thing called life and, and fail and grow um, before bringing anyone into it or trying to go on a ride with anyone, you know. Um, and so that's, singleness is preparation. Well, you're not single anymore. No, I'm not. But you were. I was. How, how did you approach your, your singleness? What, what, what do you have to speak into that? Well, I think that, um, I think it, it starts with your worldview. Um, and so the way that you, the way that you view the world is your worldview. And I think that for us women, I think it probably for everybody, but I think specifically for women, I think a lot of times we, um, it's an external input versus an internal output. So your worldview, you're taking what images are being thrown at you and you're internalizing them and then pushing them back out as that's my worldview. But that's messed up. It should, so that's the external input versus the internal output. So what God says about me... And then that's the way I view things. So what God speaks into me and who I'm around and the people that I, I let speak into my life, that changes the way that I view things. Because um, like yesterday, I was going through um, some statistics um, for social media, and they like kind of blew my mind as far as images go. Um, 79% of adults use Facebook, which is fine. But then it, go, it went on to say that 100 million hours of video content is being consumed by these adults every day. Every single day, 100 million. Now, think about it. This is very, I mean, it's, it's a normal thing. Like, we're on, I'm going to use your phone, okay? Sure. We're on our phones, and then we're watching TV. Oh, I'm scrolling through Facebook. It's a commercial. Think of all the images that we're consuming. And so what happens a lot of time, I think, for us women, as, because it's kind of our thing to kind of compare ourselves to people. So we're seeing all these images and comparing ourselves to all these images, thinking we're supposed to be this and that and this and that, when that's not what it's supposed to be at all. And so in that... In your singleness and in that time, it's so important, and not even, and even outside of that, it's so important to stop and think, where is my worldview coming from? Is this an external input or is it an internal output? That's good. I think, I think worldview is critical. I think that, because your worldview is how you approach everything. Yeah. Right? And Christianity is not a religion, it's a worldview. That's right. right? Like what we just read is a worldview. Right. God said, I created you and I have a purpose. Right. And so for me, the first thing I have to realize when I got saved is uh, the word set apart is what comes to mind. I need to be set apart 
if I'm going to be in a relationship that honors God, you know? And so the first thing for me was I had to unlearn the ways of the world. I had to unlearn a certain way to view women. I had to unlearn a certain way to approach women and to approach relationships. And that takes time, right? That doesn't happen overnight when all these images are being projected to you every single day. And you got people telling you how to be a man. And then you, now you come in against this worldview that says, no, that's not what I had in mind for you to be a man. And so becoming set apart and learn, learning the ways of the world was the first thing. Number two was learning to be okay with being single. That is not a burden. It's not a cuss word. Nothing's wrong with you. You're just learning to be who you are. Because here's the thing. If you never learn to be single, you never learn how to be in a relationship. That's the reality. Right? Most relationships don't work because someone never learned how to be single. You come into this relationship with a lot of baggage that you never dealt with. And so it's hard to be able to have a healthy relationship when you don't know who you are. So you got to know yourself first. right? And then you got to know what you bring to the table. Because if you don't know what you bring to the table, you're always allowing the other person to dictate who you are and what you're all about. Someone ought to say amen to that because I'm thinking, I'm saying some stuff here that are very good. (laughs) Now... Why? I think it's critical because we've been talking about this, know your why. I think in relationship, there's a why, right? So when it comes to why do you want to be in relationship, what do you have to say? Aaron. <laughs> like my approach? Like- yeah, like why? Why do you want to be in a relationship? You want to be in a relationship? Oh, for sure. Okay, Why? <laughs> Um, I think there's something, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm trying, right? <laughs> um, I think there's something uh, beautiful about being able to build something, you know what I mean, with someone. And, and so, why relationship? Because I would love to build a life with someone, you know? But in order to do that, first, I got to learn who I am. Because when you come together, and, and this is in the Bible, and, and you've talked about this, Pastor Marco, it's two whole people coming together and doing something. You know, that's the only way it's going to work. And so because I want a, a full, whole biblical relationship where we can build a life and build something that will last and really make a difference, it's important that I allow myself to become whole, you know. And so why relationship for that? But how do I get there? It's with Jesus, you know. The first and foremost relationship, like you said, is with Jesus. And it's in Jesus and in that relationship with me saying, oh, wow, I'm selfish. Oh, wow, I don't have it all together. Oh, wow, you love me that much. Wow, you, you serve me. Okay, I want to serve you. I learn how to have a relationship. I have a healthy perspective on a relationship. Then to see how Jesus wants to work with me in life to do his will, to build his kingdom, to make a difference, I begin to understand how this whole thing works. And so it changes my approach. It changes when the way that I see uh, getting into a relationship because I'm already in one with Jesus, you know? Um, I think a lot of times uh, we, we try and, like, share our relationship with Jesus. I mean, maybe more the young people. I don't know. Where it's like, you ever tried sharing a relationship with Jesus? It, uh, some of you look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, oh, I, we pray together. It's like, bro, you don't even pray by yourself, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we go to church together. It's like, yeah, but if she wasn't there, you wouldn't even go. Hello. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it, 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 you're not supposed to share that, that relationship. You're supposed to contribute together and build something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not supposed to be, oh, she's my rock and my every, like, if she yeah. does, I don't have no relationship. No, that doesn't make yeah. sense. What can, is that? Can I add something to that? Now that you're in this vein, um, <laughs> I find it interesting where 
a relationship is not supposed to be an evangelistic thing. Oh, yeah. Like, like you're supposed to be in a relationship with someone that's already in. You know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to say, like, bring someone to salvation and have a relationship with them, good luck. Because you're not Jesus. No, it's true. You know what I mean? Because like, I hear this a lot, especially from you girls. I, I'll, I'll save him. You won't save anybody. Trust me. How do I know that? Because I've been in church for 19 years. I've seen it. Dudes will come, say all the right things. Once they get you, you're not in church anymore. Because they got you. You know what I mean? I've seen dudes come in here, play that game. You got to smell the walls. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) Oh, but it's so true. It's so true. And that stuff takes work. Like if you actually like evangelize and like love people and try to get them to know Jesus, you know it takes a lot of work and energy. We got a problem if you guys aren't doing that, you know? But it takes a lot of work, a lot of prayer. And so it's like, I would love to do that with someone, to go after people with someone and not have to put all my energy and time into making sure they're good all the time, right. you know, that they're learning, that they're growing. It's like, let's grow together and do something and make a difference. And so that's why relationships. So basically, it's a relationship, not babysitting. Facts. Okay, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Why are you in a relationship? I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, I think it's so interesting because the, the process of getting into a relationship is, to me, is what matters more. It's that, it's that journey to the relationship and making sure that your head and your heart are in a good space and knowing what your intentions and what your motives are. And so there's this verse in the Bible in Psalm, it's Psalm 139, and it says, towards the end of the chapter, the whole chapter, it talks about, like, God knowing everything about us. And then at the end, it says, in the Message Bible, it says, God, cross-examine my heart. Know my intentions. Know my motives. And to me, there's verses in the Bible that really get you, but that verse almost scares me a little bit because we can put on a show and we can say all the right things, but God knows the intentions of our hearts. And so if I'm trying to get into a relationship with someone and my intentions aren't pure, I pray in Jesus' name that he breaks that thing up and it blows up in front of your face because your intentions aren't right. And if your intentions aren't right and your motives aren't pure, then it's not what it should be. And so... There have been times where I had gotten in relationships and my motives and my intentions were that person knows what they're doing. And so I'm going to, I think that that's something that I want to do. So I think I'm just going to kind of go along with what they're doing, but never knowing and never asking myself, what are, what are my motives? What are my intentions? Who am I? So a lot of times people get into relationships with people and it's like they want to be, I don't know, they want to be a, I'm trying to think, quick, quick, think, and a, a mechanic, okay? So this guy wants to be a mechanic. And you, this sweet girl, has no idea what she wants, but he's cute and he's motivated. And suddenly you have a desire to know how to change a tire. But that wasn't, for real though, think Hello. about it. No, really, think about it. But that was never the intention. That was never what God wanted for you. And so we sometimes we yoke ourselves together with people that are going this way, but God wanted you to go this way because you didn't know your intentions and your motives. You end up getting together with someone that wasn't really right for you. And here's another thing. While I'm while I'm here. Come on, girl. I think I'm just going to relax. Tell you what I think. Um, (laughs) Um, I think that sometimes we think that 
the marriage, like marriage is the answer. And it is possible to marry the wrong person. And I think that sometimes maybe we don't think that because, you know, we come under this covenant and we come under this blessing. But it is very possible that you make a wrong choice. And it's not to say that you make the wrong choice and God doesn't bless it and you don't learn and you don't grow because you can do that. But for the single people, think before you get into these relationships because you could make a wrong choice and, you're, and things could start to go left, and you don't, and you weren't intending on it being that way because when you get married, once all the fun married time wears off and it's like this is real life, then you start to see, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, this isn't. I don't have a desire for this. This isn't really my thing. I don't really like changing tires. I really wanted to be a politician, and now here we are. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Can I? Can you? Yeah. (laughs) No, Lindsay, as you were talking, I saw, I wrote this down, and I said, most people know who they are, but few people know why they are. So good. And just to go off of that, it's so true, like, what what I've learned in singleness is, like, I don't just know who I am, like, I'm this, I like to do that, you know, I don't eat that, but I know why I am, you know, and if you can know why you're outgoing, why you're fun, why you're not good at that, why you are good at that. You know, if you begin to sit with yourself and understand why I am who I am, then you won't run into that problem. You know, it's, it's purpose. So many people know who they are, what they want to do, their career path, all that stuff, you know. Um, but if you don't know the why, that stuff will, will be fickle. You know, if you don't know the why, that stuff can be changed. If you don't know the why, you can fall in love and now your whole vision is blurry. But if you know your why, if you yeah, know so why I'm outgoing, why I have this skill, why I like that skill, you're able to navigate this thing a lot better, you know. Yeah, um, and there's nothing, there's nothing greater than being able to say like, um, I'm not good at math and I know why. But and being able to confidently be like, I, you got to take the bill. Like, I don't know. You gotta, like, I'll take the cards and give it to the Like, I'm good at cert. I'll do that. You know what I mean? But, but like, I'm not going to sit and pretend like I can break this thing up. Like, I'm but, not, but, you know what I mean? But you only get good. to that point if you're able to sit with yourself and know why you do what you do, why you're strong in this area, why you're weak in it, and being okay with that. Right. You know, what, what I think about the why, I think about who is my anchor. Because... When, when I understand who I am in God, I already have a savior. I, I don't need a savior. I need a helper instead of suitable helper. A lot of people get into relationships thinking this person's going to like, quote unquote, save me. I always get nervous when I hear people say, he's my everything. It's like, whoa, that's, that's a lot to put on another human being. You know what I mean? That's too much weight. You know what I mean? Or, or, or when you break up, then it's like a huge void. Was there now? Don't get me wrong. A, heart, a broken heart is serious, but it's worse when your anchor is in that person, yeah. right? So, so for me, it's the approach is: I already have a savior. Yeah. I need a helper because right. it's impossible for another human being to make me fully come alive. Yeah. If I'm not already alive, then I'm in trouble. Right. You know what I mean? Because then I'm always going to be relying on the other person to be my life, to be my everything. Right? And, 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 then, and then the worst is when I think something is missing if that person is not there. Yeah. Right? Like, I love my wife, but she's not my everything. She's part of the bigger equation. You know, and she's the right one, I believe. But my most Gosh, important relationship. So. Right? Oh, you are. You are. Have I told you lately? 
God, sing to me. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, even, even stuff like this, to me, it's like, if I can't be myself, you know what I mean? Like, like, here's how I feel about relationships in general, not just with my wife, but with you. Like, if I can't be myself with you, like, if I have to be a certain type of pastor, then I don't want to be a pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be me. You know what I mean? Because, like, if I can't crack a, a, a cheesy joke and you let me be me, then we got a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, I never want people to try to mold me into something. And relationships do that sometimes. You see people getting molded. Like, I see people changing because of a person. And not every change is good. You know what I mean? Some changes are unhealthy because I don't know who I really am. And so that's the thing we, we spend a lot of time doing when we're dating. When we're talking, just getting to know each other, period. Because I was like, I know who I am. I know what I want to go. And if that doesn't fit, I don't want to, like, force this thing. Right? So that's important, right? Which leads me to the next thing. Like, like the how is important, right? We have a why, but then there's a how, right? Um, the how is how you go about it, right? In relationships is very critical. So I'll start with you. Like, talk about that from your perspective. Like, your, what's my approach? What's the how? Um, I mean, I think that the how is really just, for a woman, is just being still. Um, and... And knowing and starting to know who you are, because I think uh, for us women, we can be we can be busybodies and we try to fix things and make things work. And I remember years ago, I read this by um, this uh, devotional and it it just said, you're not the Holy Spirit. It was one for women. And it said, you are not the Holy Spirit. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it just made me think all the things that I do to try to. I don't like to say the word manipulate, but it is a form of manipulation when you try to kind of move things in the direction you want them to go in. And in relationships, I think that that we tend to do that. We do it with our children. I do it with my husband, even though I know I shouldn't, but at least I'm admitting it, right? Um, <laughs> Safe space. This, this is my confessional with 500 people. <laughs> um, um, but just being still and knowing, okay, and just understanding, like God, you'll you'll guide this, and you'll let this you'll let this happen, and you'll lead me. And in doing that, honestly, in doing that, and saying, God, you know, and being still, He really does start to bring. He starts to call your identity forth. I really, truly believe that because I saw it happen in my own life. I was dating someone. Marco and I were friends, and. Um, it was just one of those. It was one of those things when after um, after we broke up, this man, this man that I was dating, when we broke up, I finally was able to be still because I spent that whole relationship trying to fit his mold and who am I and what do I do and how do I how do I make you want to marry me? Like what? I'm amazing. But- Why would I do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so. At the time, the broken heart was horrible, but nothing changed me more than that broken heart. But here's why. It changed me because I yielded my heart and I yielded my will to God. If you have a broken heart and you say, okay, I I have a broken heart, and then you just go crazy, yeah, it changes you, but it doesn't change you for the better. If you have a broken heart and you say, okay, God, I'm going to align myself with you, I'm going to yield myself to you, and be still and be single, like really, truly be single, that changed everything. That changed my, that literally changed my entire life because a year later, 
Marco and I started dating, and hello, here we are. <laughs> so I think the how for us a woman is to be still and to truly be single and let yourself be single. Don't try to manipulate and try to make something happen. That just shouldn't happen because I, I know because I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in the lives of so many other people that God brings the person to you. I didn't right. have to go looking for Marco. Come it on. just kind of happened. And can I just say this? This is not just for single people. I think no matter what your status is, you should be confident in who you are. Absolutely. I don't think you get married and you stop being yourself and stop growing. Right? Only insecure people feel like they have to manipulate other people. Confident people will never have to feel like they have to manipulate you into anything, into doing anything. That's why it's critical to know who you are first and what you have to bring to the table so you're not trying somehow to make this work. Because let's be honest, most relationships are forced. Come on, talk to me. They're forced, right? Because we're trying to make something happen as opposed to just being an organic thing. Of course, there's work to it, right? But there's different types of work. There's good work, and then there's grinding. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, and so I think it's critical to me when I talk about approach is you got to know your purpose. Yes. You have to know your purpose. You have to know what you're trying to get into, right? That's why, to me, self, self uh, uh, reflection is the most critical thing I can do. I need to know my purpose. I need to know what I'm bringing to the table so I'm not compromising myself in the process compromise you you know what I'm saying and so I think it's critical like my question when we started dating is as we would talk the back question that I always had was are we on the same page like we don't have to like the same things we don't have to do the same things but are we going on the same so my my she would tell you we talked so much about what do you see yourself in five years Because I know where I see myself, right? And if that doesn't fit, then what, why am I trying to make this happen? Because one of us can be disappointed. You know what I mean? And so to me, that was like, write this down. Without a clear purpose, you won't have a clear approach. Right? And what happens when you don't have a clear purpose and a clear approach? You will settle. This, one of the saddest things in life, you see people settle for something less. And then now you've got to cope with it. Like, so relationships are supposed to be enjoyed, not endured. Right? So when you settle, listen, I say this all the time. If you're not married, don't settle. Don't settle. Like, one time a, a girl broke my heart in our youth ministry. I said, why are you with this dude? And he, she said to me, he's not that bad. I'm thinking, that's it? That's your aim? He's not that bad. Listen to how we say things. Yeah. He's not this. He's not that. No, he's, you're supposed to talk about how amazing he is and how, and how incredible it is to be with this person. Not he's not that bad. That's settling. That's starting down here. Yeah, I know, but well, every time someone talks like that, to me, it's a red flag. It's like wave the flag. Yeah, surrender. Drop the red flag. Pick up the white flag. You know what I mean? Because without a clear purpose, we will settle. Do I see myself with this person long haul? Like, it's not going to be perfect, but do I see myself working through everything with this person long haul? You know? How about from a single standpoint? 
Um, for, from a single standpoint, I would agree with you. It's like, guys, what's your mission? What's your mission? You know, what I love about uh, that verse we read where Adam was already with God and he already had a mission. He was naming animals. He was doing stuff. He was moving. You know what I mean? I thought about this this morning. Uh, we don't know when the time was when Eve came, but she could have been naming some animals too. But, <laughs> you know what I but, mean? Like, we don't know what happened. It could have took a pause, then Eve came, and it's like, all right, now let's hit all the fish. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But there was something going on. There was forward movement. There was a mission, you know? And the Bible says that Eve came and was a helper, helping do something. Right. What breaks my heart the most is when I see uh, these young girls with dudes who aren't doing anything. Right. You got this, this woman with so much potential, wanting so much to give, and this guy is just playing video games doing nothing. Right. And she's helping him, what, cook macaroni and cheese? Like, what, you she know what pay, I'm She's paying all the bills. Yeah, she's paying, oh my God. She's like, taking care of the kids. She's all walking the dogs. She's going to church, and he's what? Doing nothing. <laughs> Stuff makes me angry. And so the, the question for you guys is, is, what's your mission, you know? You should be burning with passion for something that God's given you. You should be on fire. You should be moving forward and then saying, hey, girl, come along. Let's do this thing. You know what I mean? I, I was laughing to myself this morning thinking about it. It's like, we never like the, like the movies that we love are the ones where the guy's like a beast, like he's just an assassin, and then he falls in love. Yeah. But... Like, any movie that starts with they're already, like, dating or whatever, it's already a bad movie. It's always the guy that's doing something, like, trying to save the world, and then he stumbles upon this girl, and she helps him save the world. Right. That we're like, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think there's a reason why that resonates with us, because that's how it's supposed to be. You know, guys, we have a mission. God's called us to do something. Yeah, we'll be the strength, but she's going to come alongside and be the one to encourage, be the one to lift up, be the one to push forward and add to this thing that you're trying to build. And so uh, the approach comes very clearly when you have a mission. You know, when you have a mission, it's easy to say, eh, no, eh, I'm good. Eh, uh, that's cool. Awesome. Let's be friends. Because I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. And if you don't fit that, I don't have to force it. It's just very clear. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Like I always like to say, Negro, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, you, if you know what you want, it's easy to be like, hmm, to the left. Um. Last question today, because we're not going to cover everything in one day. It's a, it's a five-week journey. We, we're going to cover everything. Which, by the way, uh, it's good. we're going to get into some things. I don't think you should have kids in the room. I'm just, it's going to be PG-13. I'm just, <laughs> I just want to make this clear going forward. We're going to get into all of it. Um, but last question today. Uh, what do you, do you look to produce? What is the results of a healthy relationship for you? Um, well... I will start with this for us ladies. The result is, or the end, the end result shouldn't be, shouldn't just be, I bought a home and I have children. I don't think that that should be the end result. And um, this, I, I like to, I like to speak to this because I feel like I can experience, I've experienced this a little bit. While I knew. Marco was the one for me and that our, that our paths were aligned and I knew we're going we're gonna to make something happen. We're going to accomplish something. 
the beginning kind of fuzzy feeling when you get married of we're going to buy a home and I'm going to make my house so beautiful and we're going to have children. Those are all very godly things. And those are things that we, we should do and we should aspire to. However, what happens when you can't buy a house right away or when you don't get pregnant right away or you find out that you can't have children? Then what happens? Is the what now negated? Absolutely not. Right. Production isn't just reproduction. It's not, that's not. Oh, hello, where say it that again. Ends. That's really good. Don't you, don't you think she should be preaching? Like, she should be preaching. Say that again, girl. <laughs> okay, so I said production. <laughs> okay, I will say it again. Um, production isn't just reproduction. So when I, when I think. After we've had our five children, and I really had this revelation about a year ago after we had Caleb, and I realized, um, I I almost got nervous because it's been 10 years, oh, well, almost 12 years now that we've been married, and so most of our marriage I've been pregnant and been taking care of a baby, and so um, when I knew, okay, we're not going to have any more, um, Caleb is the last one, I had this moment of a little bit of like a panic because it's been my identity in our marriage for the past 10 years. And God gave me this revelation where it says in the Bible that, that we should be fruitful and multiply. I had this revelation. I thought, does that just, is that just in the physical? Like I'm supposed to only bear children? And then I thought, no way. We're supposed to bear more than that. We're supposed to produce more than that. We're supposed to nurture more than that. It's not just it's not just children because here's the here's where it gets kind of tricky. God's given us the incredible ability to love and to carry a child. He's given us that ability. But again, if you can't have children, then what does that mean? And then where is your identity? Is my identity in my children or is my identity in Christ? Or is my where where does my identity where does it lie? Because even um, to what you were saying earlier, when, um, when we get in relationships and we say, he's my everything or she's my everything, honestly, when, when I hear moms say, my child's my everything, it actually aggravates me. Like, it really irritates me a little bit because I think when your kids feel you, when, you, when your kids move out of the house... Now what do you have? Because your everything is gone and they're making their new everything and they're called to produce something. But if I tell my, if I tell my kids, especially my girls, if they see in me that I don't just stay home and I don't just clean and cook, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because I'm a Pinterest queen. I love to make my own pie crust. Like I'm all about it. But I also want my girls to see that I've accomplished something, that I've yoked myself together with a man that's encouraged me and that we are pushing something forward together. It doesn't have to be a church, so don't compare your story to our story. It doesn't have to be a church. But you should be, you should be able to say, we have a purpose together. We're leaving a legacy in some form or another. And so your kids can see that because you want your kids to be able to produce something because I don't want my girls to grow up thinking, this is the end all be all. If I don't find a husband, if I don't get this, if I don't get that, my life is over. That is a horrible thing right. to teach your child, especially to teach our little girls. So I think as women, yeah, we should do those things, but we should also ask ourselves, what am I producing? What legacy am I leaving behind? What's the trail behind me? If you can't have children, what if you can adopt? What if you can get involved in a ministry? What if you can do other things 
to help right. to help build some another woman up because that's just as useful as raising a child. But that's, that's awesome. Um, for me, the goal is is legacy, you know, and and another way to say that is to to make an impact that's bigger than our, than myself, you know, um, and and my future wife, ourselves, you know. Um, I think that's if that's the goal. If we can push each other forward, if we can challenge each other, if we can create a life so big, so attractive, so impactful together that that really makes a difference for the kingdom of God then what else, what else is there not to do, yeah. you know? And so that's really the goal. Like, it, yes, have a family, all that stuff like Lindsay was saying. But I think to go off to say it another way, it has to be something bigger than yourself. Yeah. It has to. If your life, if your relationships don't expand bigger than you, if they don't last when you're gone, if they don't move forward, if they don't do anything more than, than just stop at you, then you didn't do it right. Right. You know, and so that's the goal. I know for me, it's like I just want a new normal. Like we say that, but that's very biblical. Like Jesus came and said, I'm going to start a new thing. Every time someone says yes to Jesus, that's a new thing. Right. Every time a family walks in those doors, it's a new thing. Every single time we gather, there's a new thing happening. Yeah. And so the the relationship I want to have is where it's constantly being a part of that new thing. You know, where we're in the neighborhood, we're the new thing in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? When we're at the school committee, whatever, we're the new thing there. You know, when the kids come over, the neighborhood kids, they're seeing a new way to do relationships. And if we can do that, I think that's how you leave a legacy that's way more bigger than what you could do. You know, Um, something that uh, actually Freddie, he posted this on Facebook. He said your integrity is what you pass on. And so I would love to have a relationship that is, in, the integrity of that relationship is what gets passed on to the kids, is what gets passed on to the friends, is what gets passed on to anything we touch and do. And, and so that's really the goal where you leave, make a difference so big where like, people look and say, that's how I want to do it. Yeah. That's what I want to yep. be about. Wow, you see the way that they do that? You see the way that they fight and still work it out? You see the way that they serve and go hard? Like, if, if people can look at my relationship and say that, right. that's yeah. it. So I want to I wanna end today by going back to the scripture we begin with. God said, a suitable helper. Right? That's what he said. I want Adam, which Adam means humanity, to have a suitable helper. Right, that every relationship is supposed to be an ideal thing for both of us. Yeah. That we're both pushing towards something together here. And that, again, I don't want to settle for anything less than what I know is my purpose. So the goal is what? It's a lifetime partner in every area. Now, we don't have to do all the same things, but we want the same things. And we're believing for the same things. We're hoping for the same things down the line. Right? And that someone is... It's not just with you, but they're for you. Right? Because sometimes you see people in relationships that are like, they're not for each other. Right? It's like you're supposed to be with you and for you. Like, I cheer you on. Right? And you cheer me on. Right? And we're, and, we're, and we're in this thing together. When we get into fights, I lose every time. I'm a terrible arguer. Because here's what I do. I just say what she says louder. Right? Literally. Like, I guess what I do, I, I'm a terrible fighter, right? And, and, and I always got to walk away because I just, I had got nothing. 
And then my accent gets worse when I'm mad. And she's correcting my verbs, and I'm getting angry. So I'm like, I'm fighting. I'm K-Verdian. Leave me alone. Um, I say all that to say this. But every time in the 12 years of marriage, every time I walk away, I never feel like it's over. I never feel like it's hopeless. I always feel like, but, but we're in this together. I come back, and I say I'm sorry, <laughs> and we move on. I, I mean that. I, I lose every fight. I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, there'll probably be a fight tonight, and I'll lose that fight, too. I'm Don't just going to cover that, that now. No I'm not going to speak tonight. that, you know. <laughs> but notice what Adam said, something really powerful. Adam prophesied over his relationship. He said, finally, someone who is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. The Hebrew there is really powerful. What Adam's saying is, finally, someone that my strength will cover her weaknesses. And her weaknesses will cover my strength. I mean, my, my, my weaknesses is covered by her strength. That's, That's how powerful that is. It's saying, like, we're, we're in this together. So you know, and, it, and it's going to be the legacy that we're going to leave behind. Yeah. Right? And, and, I, and I couldn't agree more with the word legacy. That's the goal. It's to leave something behind that's powerful. And I just want to say this, church, I know we all have been broken. I prayed for you this morning before I came, and I said, God, I know when we talk about this stuff, some people feel like, I don't know, though, I, this happened and that happened. Well, the cross gives you a new normal. The cross says you can start over. The cross says your life is not done yet, right? The cross says there's a new beginning. The cross says there's healing, there's restoration, there's affirmation. Like, I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. That's the beauty of this thing. And so, and so I pray today, if, if, if you're in a place of brokenness, you've been hurt by relationships, let the Holy Spirit heal you. Don't jump into another one. Let healing take place. And, and, and sometimes in marriage, we're hurt. Sometimes we're in someone's house together and we're hurt and we won't talk about it. I pray you let the Holy Spirit heal you and not put all your stock into another human being. It's impossible for another human being to save you. We're not no one's savior. We're supposed to be partners in this. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me? I want to pray for us this morning. I hope this was helpful for, for first week. And like I said, we're going on a journey here. And we want to cover as much as we can in those next few weeks. By no stretch of the imaginations are we experts in this. We're on this journey ourselves, learning as we go. But I do want to pray for this new normal to be real. I would do want to pray that we have a church filled of people who have been broken, but also have been healed, who have been restored. And that no matter what your relationship status is, the most important relationship that you have is with your creator first. Right? And that you can never lose sight of that. No matter if you've been married for 50 years or one year, your greatest relationship is with your creator. I know for sure that when I'm good with Jesus, then I'm good as a husband. I'm good as a father. I'm good as everything else. But it starts first with my relationship with Jesus. Would you lift your hands to Jesus? I want to pray for you. Thank you for listening. I hope that did encourage you and that you can share with someone who needs to hear from God. And we hope to see you soon. God bless.